Would you like me to search your delivery? You are generous as you are divine. Oh, booty queens and booty queens. I don't give a damn what you're entitled to. So, if you don't like it, you can take back your food and your castle and f*** right off. You should treat books with more respect. Welcome to Mystery Pony Fiction, hosted by the Mystery Fluttershy fan. Applejack Owns a Musket by The Bandit 2000. Thank you for coming, everypony, Twilight said beginning the meeting. No sweat. Rainbow said, Not a problem, darling, Rarity said. Oh, it's not a problem, Fluttershy whispered. Not a problem, Sugar Cube, Applejack hollered. I'm here too, Pinky yelled across the room. Twilight smiled. Great, so to begin, Twilight's horn began to glow with magic as she lowered a screen and a projector. Twilight used the remote that was left on the table. She used it to show an image of Starlight sitting on one of the thrones, giving an evil smirk. As you all know by now, many different threats that we faced over the past few years or so, Twilight began to explain, switching over to a slide showing a group of dark changelings hissing at the camera, have started to, well, invade my home of late, she put bluntly, as well showing a small unicorn with a stupid looking haircut having a dark liquid pour from his eyes. And I was thinking of maybe having some form of defense might be long overdue, Twilight said, shutting off the projector. And seeing as how no protection spells work, for whatever reason, I thought that I might get some ideas from you. Twilight pointed to Rainbow Dash. So, Rainbow, any ideas? Twilight asked. Rainbow gave a small laugh. We should learn karate. That will give them a run for their money, Rainbow proclaimed. Twilight nodded. What about you, Rarity? Believe it or not, I think we should go with Rainbow's idea. I know it can get me out of quite a few tight spots, Rarity explained. Besides, I hear all the boys love a dangerous mare, Rarity cooed. Twilight tapped her chin and thought, maybe. She muttered as she turned to Fluttershy. Do you have any ideas, Fluttershy? Twilight asked. You could hire some guards? Fluttershy suggested. Hmm, too simple, Twilight noted. What the hell do you mean, too simple? Fluttershy asked, confused, but Twilight ignored her and turned to Pinkie Pie. Any ideas, Pinkie? Twilight asked. Use a knife! Works every time, Pinkie said happily as Twilight raised a brow. Have you used a knife on any pony? Twilight asked. Pinky's face went blank. N no, Pinky lied. Applejack gave a long, hearty, anime villain sounding laugh. Y'all are going about it the wrong way, Applejack stated, turning towards Twilight with a grin. You should get a musket, just as the Founding Fathers wanted, Applejack proudly explained. The whole table stared at her in silence. Ah, uh, what? Fluttershy asked. Applejack snorted. Let me give y'all an example, Applejack began. Say, four ruffians break into my house. I go upstairs and grab my powdered wig. Wait, you own a powder wig? Rarity so rudely interrupted. 
Yep, got it right here. Applejack said, pulling out a wooden head with the said wig on it. Rarity cringed at how dirty it was. Anyway, as I was saying, I ran upstairs, grabbed my powder wig and my musket Kentucky rifle. I run downstairs and blow a golf ball sized hole through first intruder. He's dead on the spot. Whoa, Applejack! Twilight yelled. I just wanted a way to keep bad guys out of my home, not murder some pony. Twilight said, shocked that her friend would suggest such a thing. Twilight, it's not murder if it's in self-defense, Applejack pointed out. Besides, you wanted a way to keep ponies out. Well, here you go. Twilight frowned. Still, I don't want to kill any pony, she admitted. Oh, Twy, we all gotta do things we don't like, Applejack said sympathetically. But this I like to do, the farm pony admitted. Okay, so you kill the first intruder, but what about the other three? Fluttershy asked. I'm glad you asked, Applejack shouted. I wish I didn't, Fluttershy muttered. Anyway, I switch to my pistol since my rifle only has one shot. I fire, but I miss him completely since it's a smooth ball and I nail the dug instead. Fluttershy gasped and covered her mouth with her hooves. Why would you hit Winona? Fluttershy cried. Applejack rolled her eyes as if the answer was obvious. She's an old dog, Shy, Applejack explained. She's gonna die anyway. But wait, why are you planning on missing? Rainbow pointed out. Were y'all not listening? Applejack asked. I said it wasn't planned. Why would I want to miss? But, but you said... Rainbow started. Anyway, I have to run back up the stairs with my cannon mounted at the top. What? Why do you have a cannon on top of your stairs? Rarity asked, completely confused at this point. Doesn't matter. Anyway, as I said, I go upstairs to the cannon and then I shout at them, Tally ho! and light the rope. Applejack explained. I have never heard you say Tally ho! Not once! Rarity stated Applejack, ignored her comment and continued her story. Anyway, the cannon goes off and kills two of the intruders and the shrapnel from the grape shot blows a hole in my house and breaks a couple of windows in town. Applejack explains. But you're a couple miles from the town. How would that break windows? Rainbow replied. I think it's because it is really loud, Twilight thought out loud. Ah, uh, we're not going to ask how she got a cannon in the first place? Fluttershy asked. Or the fact that she plans destroying her house? Rarity pointed out. Hey guys, I'm here too, Pinky said, wanting to be included. Ahem, <clears throat> moving on. Applejack commented. Then I fix my bayonet to the end of my rifle and charge at the last intruder. He's standing there in fear and doesn't have time to react. The bayonet stabs his heart. He falls to the ground and bleeds to death as I laugh in victory. Applejack finally finished. And that is my idea. Any questions? Applejack looked around. The room was as quiet as the grave as all her friends gave confused and dumbfounded looks. What the fuck? muttered Fluttershy, finally breaking the silence. I have a question, Rainbow cried, raising a hoof. What are the Founding Fathers? Vanilla Cream Cake by Omegathist.
Inside Applejack's barn were several tables with various cakes, cupcakes, and a moderately sized stack of gifts. Surrounding the tables were orange and pink balloons everywhere Applejack looked. Such an odd colour pairing, although Pinky ain't exactly a normal earth pony. Applejack smirked at the thought and watched as a much taller Twilight Sparkle was feeling her hoof around Sugarbell's belly with Big Mac watching the two mares interact. Applejack felt her heart brightening with a glowing light inside of her as she took it all in. It had been almost two years since Equestria united against and defeated the Legion of Doom and about five months since Sugarbell announced that she was expecting Big Mac's foal. Applejack glanced over at Rainbow Dash who had her wing wrapped around Fluttershy and expected that her new roommate was going to move out before long. Applejack smiled at the two Pegasus mares and for her brother and his wife, knowing that even without a partner, Applejack knew that all of these ponies were here for her and her birthday. As she walked over to the folding table closest to her, Applejack looked at the biggest cake that Pinky had brought, a simple vanilla cream cake with vanilla frosting and a two and five candle together. Applejack heard some pony bounce up to her side and knew who it was from the smell of strawberries and cream. Hey, P Pinky? Applejack stammered. Uh, is this my birthday cake? It sure is! Pinky hopped up and down. Isn't it perfect? Yeah, I guess I just thought it'd be something more like an apple pie or cake. Applejack shrugged. Well, I did bring apple empanadas, apple fritters, caramel apples. Pinky drifted off and Applejack looked over and flinched at how wide Pinky's pupils were, like Applejack was all that existed in that very moment. But this cake is one of my favorite cakes. It's a bestseller at the Sugar Cube Corner. Huh, I'd have thought you'd like something with 50 different candies on it. Applejack laughed a little like an explosion of sugar enough to get you bouncing off the walls. Oh, don't get me wrong. Those are pretty good too, Pinky explained. And you'll try this cake soon enough, and I Pinky promise that you'll love it. Walk with me? Oh, sure, why not, Sugar Cube? Applejack walked up the hill with Pinky bouncing beside her and felt the sun shining brighter on the trees as her eyes went up and down with each time Pinky jumped towards the sky and landed back down on the grass. So, I heard Cheese Sandwich was back in town. Um, yeah, he is. Pinky stopped bouncing up and down and gave a strange smile. We've been hanging out a bit. And do you see yourself with him? Applejack spoke again as soon as she saw Pinky's smile fading. Hmm, I figured as much. Don't get me wrong, he's really fun to hang out with, Pinky insisted. But do you remember how we treated each other when we first met, competing to the point where I felt worthless as a party pony? Wait a second. He ain't going out of his way to make you feel worthless, is he? Applejack growled. No, not at all, Pinky gasped. But I don't want to feel like I'm competing with my special sun pony in the talent that I cherish most. You saw what that did to me. I uh, understand, Applejack nodded. What about Princess Skystar? You got along with her pretty well. She is really cute, Pinky agreed, but she lives on Mount Aris. Plus, I have been thinking of some pony more different than me. Some pony more down to earth? 
Applejack suggested, and flinched when Pinky jumped in the air and grinned from ear to ear. Yes, exactly! Pinky exclaimed. Some pony that can show me that there's more to life than my parties, that sometimes beauty is in the simple parts of life. That does make sense, Applejack nodded. I swore that Rainbow Dash moved in to make a move, but I've been seeing her hanging out with Fluttershy more and more, which is fine, but would have been nice to have a mare friend to be part of my family. Family? Pinky nodded, staring deep into Applejack's eyes as she clarified. Family is very important to me too. How have they been, by the way? Applejack asked. Your other sisters find their special some ponies? No, they've been taking care of the farm still, Pinky replied. Although I've wanted to move down there, there's so many more ponies to meet and talk to here, and I just don't want to see them just... Waste away, Applejack suggested, and noticed various strands of Pinky's mane straightening as she slowly nodded her head. The farm pony felt her head come up blank with what to do in this situation and so she came closer and wrapped her foreleg around Pinky. It's okay, Pinky. I'm not sure how to help them without taking them away from the rock farm, but we can visit them and figure something out. You mean that? Pinky looked at Applejack and their muzzles were centimeters apart as Applejack continued to hold Pinky in an embrace. I do, Applejack whispered and barely had time to gasp as Pinky leaned forward Sealing the distance with a kiss that wasn't anything like Applejack had experienced before. All her life, it was just taking care of apples by doing this or that. Eat apple this or that. Everything was about apples. But Pinky's words became crystal clear as Applejack tasted an entirely new flavour on her lips. A bright and sweet flavour, yet tame and simple at the same time. Applejack couldn't put her hoop on the exact kind of flavour until she had returned to the party. Her and Pinky walking with their pelts pressed against one another as their friends rejoiced over the two mares getting together. Applejack then tried the cake and tasted the exact same taste. Sweet and simple. more could someone need you got a key and i've got a lock let's build a house upon a rock let's build a house upon a rock and if that well runs dry that'll never cross our minds so bring on the aftershock Far From The Tree by Sonic Sons I'd spent nearly half a day trying to get my head on straight, and while Dash might have laughed at that particular turn of phrase, 
circumstances being what they were. The fact remained that I couldn't make heads or tails of it. I hadn't expected there'd be a fuss. Honest. We're family, ain't we? Apples to the core? And it's not as if Rarity was some no-good gold digger or some such. Granny knew her. Why, she'd been over the homestead dozens of times. Granny knew she was getting a good sort, didn't she? Then why did she... Why would she... Side, walking in circles like this, I was bound to wear a groove in the floor. Or in my own head at least. The kitchen was empty, Rarity had gone home of course, and Big Mac had gotten it into his head to take Apple Bloom out for ice cream with her friends. She didn't say it in so many words. But I think we knew that Granny and I needed a chance to talk, and if it came to yelling, well, there was no need for a filly to hear all that. Maybe it was just a shock. I thought to myself again, that's all, Granny's just getting older and she's not fit with surprises no more. I stopped walking, but she wasn't so shocked when Mac told her she was dating Sugar Bell, so I sighed. So maybe it was what I'd been expecting from the first. Maybe Granny wasn't too keen on, well, certain things not found in the scriptures. It hurt my heart to think that more than that, it hurt me to think of Rarity. I could see it with my mind's eye. I'd told every pony that Rarity was coming by for brunch. Granny hadn't had no problem with it. She served up apple cobbler and pie and some nice juicy corn with butter. The whole works. Rarity kept smiling at me all along because she knew I was gonna announce it. But I was waiting till the right time was all. I thought they'd be pleased as Peach to learn I'd finally found some pony. Oh, I knew I might get a ribbon. Oh, Rarity, did they run out of fancy ponies? Well, that's just a crying shame. But it'd be all in good fun, wouldn't it? Truth is, they'd be happy for me. Because I was happy. But when the moment came, when I'd taken Rarity's hoof in mine and told them all that we were dating, Granny Smith got really quiet like. Mac had smiled and said that's what he'd been expecting. While Applebloom started talking up a storm about how Sweetie Belle was gonna be her cousin soon enough. Hold on, Sugar Cube, we haven't exactly picked a ring yet. But as time went on, I couldn't help but notice Granny Smith just sitting there, real quiet like. She tried to smile once or twice, but it didn't look none too convincing. And after a bit, every pony else got quiet too. In a moment, we were all looking at her, waiting for her to say something. Rarity spoke up. It's, uh, good news, don't you think? I mean, honestly, I don't know what she sees in me sometimes, but we're really quite happy. I need to go, Granny said, and then she slowly walked up the stairs to her room. So here I was, half a day later, thinking to myself that I just couldn't stall any longer. I walked up the stairs. I knocked on her door. Granny Smith, I called. I expect this'll be a mite, mite difficult for you, but we need to talk. Her voice was clipped and hoarse, as if she'd been crying. Come in. I found her sitting on the bed, holding a picture frame in her hooves. 
Granny, I started out. I wasn't sure how I felt about it even now. Granny, you made my mare friend right upset today at brunch. She didn't do nothing to deserve that from you. She's the loveliest mare I've ever laid my eyes on, and you treated her like... Like a field full of weeds. She flinched at that remark, and I took a moment to breathe. Granny, I don't want to be mad at you, but you have to understand what this means to me, don't you? When Big Mac brought Sugar Bell home, you were crowing like a rooster all over town about it. But when I bring home a mare, she slammed the pitcher onto the bedside table face down and turned her head to the table. Her breaths were coming in quick and it looked like she was fixing to cry. I lowered my voice again. Granny, do you think that rarity is a bad sort? She shook her head, still not looking at me. Granny, is it the fact that she's a mare? Is that it? She paused. She nodded. I felt my blood slowly starting to boil. Of all the things on this green earth, I never thought my own kin would be so... No. No shouting. Not yet, at least. You just... Maybe you just don't understand. I feel the same way about rarity that you felt about Grandpa Chris. I don't think so, she whispered. I staggered. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, Granny Smith. And if you think... She turned. That's not what I meant. That I'm gonna stand for. Applejack, please. I didn't mean... This kind of... I'm like you. The room turned deathly quiet. My eyes went wide. Granny was looking away again, crying. She tapped the face down picture with one who. Look at it, she sobbed. I took the picture in my hooves and slowly turned it over. It was a mare I'd never seen before. See, she mumbled. I know you don't feel the way about rarity that I felt about your grandma. Cause if you did, she looked at me. If you did, you wouldn't be dating her. Granny, you don't mean to tell me that. Are you a... Your grandpa was a good stallion, you hear? He did everything he could for me. There were just certain things he couldn't do. I didn't tell him for near 30 years. And by then she was long gone. Went off to Manhattan. One day my letters started coming back unopened. And what could I do? Start over? At my age? She looked me right in the eyes. I wasn't brave like you. I didn't say a word. I just held her close while she cried. I'm sorry, she whispered. I am. I'll apologize to you, mare friend. She's that. When I heard you was dating the mare, I... It's okay, Granny. I just... I just kept thinking about God and Dawn and all she'd meant to me. I'm here. I'm here now. We kissed in the orchard. She begged me not to marry him. It's alright, Granny. It's okay. You don't have to hide. You don't have to hide no more. After a long while of crying, she whispered to me again, her small frame still shaking with sobs. You have a beautiful mare friend, Applejack. I'm happy for you. I truly am. Just promise me you'll give her all the love she deserves. Don't hold back, you hear? Don't hold back. I promise, Granny. I promise.
of my eye by aurora dawn Applejack awoke before the first rays of sun had a chance to cross into a room. Her eyes snapped open out of a habit born from decades of waking at sunrise, and she smiled, groaning while stretching all her limbs out to wear off the stiffness of her sleep. She flipped her covers off and rolled out of her bed, landing on all four hooves. It had been a delightful sleep, and the morning appeared to be just as grand. Outside her cracked window, she could hear birds starting to chirp as they too awoke, and in the absence of any sound of rain grew Applejack's already blossoming smile. She walked quietly over to a dresser near the window, grabbed a brush, and pulled it rhythmically through her mane while she listened to the soothing hiss of a gentle breeze passing through the apple tree leaves. She stayed there for a moment longer than she needed to, relishing the private symphony of a morning where she was the only pony awake. She shook her head while glancing in the mirror and posed elegantly with her mane loose and hanging over her shoulders. The thought of rarity and how she had always tried to convince her to leave her mane down made her chuckle. She bundled her mane together with a tie, then turned around to her bed. It was pristine, as if it had never been slept in, and she dropped her head and sighed. She turned her back to the bed and picked her head up, putting her smile back on. It was nice, wasn't it, to not have to worry about that? Nothing wrong with convenience, she thought to herself, and she pressed open her door to face the day. She entertained thoughts of a simple breakfast as she walked down the stairs, taking care not to let her hooves clump too loudly on the hardwood, lest she wake her siblings. A bowl of cereal and some apple chips, she whispered to herself. I reckon that'll be a mighty fine start to my day. She rounded the corner of the stairs and walked into the ranch house's kitchen and stopped. Laid out on the table was a huge assortment of food. There were stacks of pancakes and waffles, chilled glasses of apple juice, fancy pastries and cakes, and even an apple pie with fresh whipped cream. There was not, however, any apple chips or cereal and she frowned and sighed again while pulling up a chair. She grabbed a plate of pancakes and ate them resentfully, glaring in the direction of a small metal footlocker set underneath the sink. She ate slowly. Normally with a feast like this, she would have relished in it, tried one of everything, made sure to really take her time and truly taste the food. It was ingrained in her and her family to be grateful for what filled your plate, and she felt a little foolish to feel so disdainfully towards the meal she had been given today. Nevertheless, the feeling stuck with her. She finished and set her fork down quietly, hoping to avoid seeing the source of her consternation. Unfortunately, the senses were exquisitely fine-tuned, and the metal footlocker popped open with a friendly ping that made Applejack's eyes roll. Out of it zipped a circular little thing about the size of a frisbee, it spun lazily in the air with blinking lights. It hovered over to Applejack's spot, above her plate, and out of two compartments extended spindly metal arms that grabbed the dishes. Applejack stared as the dishes were lifted away, and another arm, this one armed with a brush, extended from the robot and swept up the couple crumbs she hadn't managed to get on the plate. 
The robot tilted and chirped in recognition of the pony next to it and then bobbed away to the sink where it turned on the water and the brush arm folded and reconfigured to a sponge. Applejack started again. She pushed away from the table and dropped to the floor and stomped out of the house. No longer concerned about the noise she was making, Apple Bloom and Big Mac did not need to wake up anytime soon, so they could sleep in if she had woken them. None of us need to wake up at all, Applejack muttered on her way to the barn. There was a commotion of fluttering and a bird call above her as she glanced up to see a family of swallows fleeing another one of the robots, which was scanning apples with a sharp blue light. There was a beep from the machine as it finished checking every apple, a quick movement while it hung noiselessly in the air, and then another beep before it moved off to the next tree. It wasn't until Applejack had placed a hoof on the barn door, ready to open it, that she realised she didn't need to be here. She growled under her breath as she opened the barn anyways, hoping to find maybe some sort of comfort in the scent of hay and dust. The barn itself was filled with baskets upon baskets of pristine apples, all labelled and ready for shipping to various towns and markets. She walked up to one of them and checked the dirty notepad attached to it and grunted in disgust as she saw she didn't even need to fill out the manifest. A thought occurred to her and it caught her by surprise. She looked up at the hay loft above her, quickly recognising the bundle of cables that ran up to the gable and she frowned momentarily. Apple Bloom would probably be upset, but Big Mac wouldn't mind. Heck, she thought, he may even be grateful. There was a chirp, and Applejack glanced behind her to see another one of the flying discs dancing back and forth, almost foolishly behind her. She looked down to see she was standing in front of one of the middle footlockers. Oh, ah, uh, sorry, she said, stepping back. The robot chirped and tilted in thanks and zipped down into its housing. She shook her head. Why was she apologising to these things? She looked up at the hay loft again and her eyes narrowed. She had made a decision. She crossed the barn and started climbing up the old ladder, paying no attention to how it shook and creaked under her weight. The recognition that she had gained a not insignificant amount of weight over the past month came to her but she trusted the hoof-made construction. Besides, once she was done, she would lose the weight almost as quickly as it had come. She made it to the top and looked around, having not been up here since the sales pony had installed the little robots. All her friends had ragged on her that she hadn't gotten them yet and about how helpful and useful they were. You can't live without them, they intoned, shocked whenever they visited her and found they had to do everything for themselves again. Well, no more of that, Applejack thought. She looked at the old lumber about her and managed to hold back yet another sigh. The bales of hay were neatly wrapped and packed, and the floor had been pristinely cleaned. Even one of the old nails that had never stayed down when hammered back had somehow been put into place. Safe, sure, but soulless. She turned her attention to the stream of cables that ran along the inside of the roof next to her and walked beside them until she came to the access panel they all turned into. She stood up on two hind legs and placed her hoof on the latch. When a beep, almost angry sounding went off behind her, she glanced to see two different robots hovering next to her, each with a series of red lights blinking back and forth. 
What? She said. If, if maintenance, maintenance is required, is required please, please contact, contact support. support. Came a tinny imitation of a mayor's voice. Tampering, Tampering with, with the, the processing, processing unit will void your warranty. Applejack made a noise that was somewhere between a scoff and a laugh, and she pulled the latch and came down with the panel. She tossed it absentmindedly behind her, hearing it clatter on the dirt below. She wasn't after the processing unit anyways. Within the metal enclosure she had opened was a mess of computer parts and wires that she could make no sense of. She looked around carefully, following each of the wires as they moved from fan to motherboard, power supply to processor, processor to module, and finally found what she hoped was the broadcast component. She opened a panel next to the first on the side of the communication system, marked with a radiated wave, came out of. There was a large plastic rod sticking out of it, and the lights flashing at the base of it raced. The tip of the rod was rubber, and it stuck out through a tiny access hole in the roof to the outside. Applejack smiled deviously as she reached her hoof in, only to hear yet another beep behind her. No, it wasn't a beep, it was an alarm, almost a screech. She pulled back and turned around. Fifteen different robots hovered around her in a semicircle, surrounding her. One of them held the panel she had discarded, extending it to her in an arm, and the rest displayed those same warning red lights. Please, Please do, not do not interfere, interfere with, with the system. system. We are, we are here, here to, to assist. assist. Like Tartarus you are, Applejack said, turning back around to the open compartment. She reached in and grabbed the antenna and felt a shock. The shock had not come from the rod, however it was on her flank. She barked out of instinct or reflex from the spook, she wasn't sure, and felt her hind hoop connect squarely with metal, and then something more solid. She glanced around her shoulder again. The robots had all turned to look at the one that had touched Applejack, which currently lay in pieces next to the railing she had smashed it into. They turned back to her, and then onto the robot, and then onto her again. I just need a break is all, she said. I ain't destroying no brain parts or nothing. Just the thing that sends you out, right? There was a silence, and the red lights all turned off. One of them, the robot directly in the centre of the circle, tilted up and down as if it was nodding. And it can be fixed easily if I just pull this thing out, right? It nodded again. So before any of you become spare parts, how about you give me some space here, perhaps? There was a pause before the 14 remaining robots all tilted and chirped, though there was a strange reluctance to their computerized tone that they emitted. They moved off again sluggishly towards their respective footlockers, and Applejack sighed yet again and pulled the antenna out. The processing unit let out a noise that sounded strangely like a scream, but it cut short and then went back to its typical clicking and whirring. Applejack gently set the antenna down, closed the panels, and then descended to the ground floor of the barn. She walked outside, feeling strange, and looked at one of the metal housings. I suppose, she said while walking towards the house, already hearing Applebloom starting to complain, that we all just want to have work to do. Poor fellas, don't worry, she said to the housing next to the front door. I'll plug you in next time we have guests around. From the box came a small but happy chirp.
The Strawberry in the Apple Tree by Art Inspired The wind shuffles a few orange leaves by Applejack's hooves. She looks at her red barn and sighs while walking in. The memories of her visit to town are still too fresh in her mind and she scowls. She nearly loses her temper towards a heap of innocent haystacks, but Applejack calms herself down to the best of her ability and remarks, I don't see why I've got to be the one to apologize to her, when she was the one that behaved way more toxic than I did. She huffs briefly for a few times and then says, Okay, calm down. Okay, calm down now. What are you going to do about this to make it up to her? The air around Applejack is fresh, and thanks to what little rainfall her farm has gotten, it also smells slightly moist. She considers the many different directions that she could take, but ultimately Applejack knows that all she really has to do, and all that she truthfully wants to do at the time, is to simply apologise to Strawberry Sunrise. She turns around vigorously, and gasps with shock. This is because Strawberry just so happens to be walking into the barn just then and there. The sun's rays shine lightly on her red mane and tail, and she stops a few trots away from Applejack to say, Hello, Applejack. The Earth Pony just gulps at her winged visitor and looks all around hesitantly. Are you... What are you even doing here? Strawberry merely chuckles before saying, Oh, sheesh, Applejack. With a roll of her eyes, she reveals, This is going to be just a tiny bit difficult, but I came here because I felt like we shouldn't... Uh... Huh? Applejack asks. Could you speak up? I can hardly hear you. Strawberry Sunrise then speaks up rather forwardly. I just wanted to say... Sorry. She rolls her eyes, although there's a hint of reluctance in the way she does it. You see, Applejack, I realised earlier that I might have been a little bit too harsh. I mean, don't get me wrong, I really don't like apples at all. She even goes so far as to wave a hoof, and to that, Applejack just frowns. Oh, don't look at me like that, Strawberry then stares with a hopeful grin. What I mean to say is, I've never had one that I've ever necessarily liked before. I've heard how big you are on honesty and all that, so truthfully, I'd be willing to share an apple with you since. She scratched the back of her neck. I've, uh, never actually had one from Sweet Apple Acres. Applejack asks, You haven't? Well, why not? Because, Strawberry says as she hoofs towards Applejack in order to calm her down, even as a foal growing up, I just never really liked them. Well, I'm sure that by now you know how much I absolutely detest them. Applejack nods, but wears an annoyed expression. You painted the picture mighty clear the other day. <laughs> she looks down and clears her throat. I was having an awful week when you showed up, and I confess, I sort of took it out mostly on you, she scoffs. Also, this isn't exactly easy for me to say, but the second you left, I wandered into the kitchen to find my father eating one of your sweet apple acres apples. Applejack just gasps, but she also tries hard not to laugh too much. 
The farm pony asks in between her snickers. Then what happened? Strawberry asks rhetorically. What do you think happened? I asked him on a scale of 1 to 10 just how disgusting it is. He said that it was, she gulps nervously before finishing, delicious, and that I should really try one sometime. Standing there attentively, Applejack allows that to sink in. You're really willing to do that. She then shakes her head and says, Nah, you know what, Straw, you really don't have to. I'll accept your apology if you'll accept mine. I'm sorry, Strawberry, for trying to shove the idea that apples are awesome down your throat. That's no good, though, Strawberry says. I think that I really should just have an apple anyways. Again, I actually have never really had your apples yet. She motions some of her mane away to then state regally. No pressure, right? Applejack can't help but to feel intimidated by this lone remark. She can see where this could turn out badly for the two of them if she ends up accidentally giving the mare anything unsavoury. She smiles calmly, however, and invites Strawberry. Follow me. I think I know just the right kind that'll change your mind. Just you wait. They go by tree after tall apple tree until Applejack at long last brings Strawberry Sunrise to quite possibly the largest of them all. It towers and as they slowly come up to it, Applejack begins to climb the nearby ladder. She also says as she goes along, This here is what we've always called the forgiveness tree. We hardly ever have to use it, but any time we do end up using it, the ponies that have tried the apples that grow off the forgiveness tree have always at least somewhat enjoyed the crisp flavour. Strawberry replies, Is that so? There's silence, so she keeps talking. Well, we'll see. As they reach the summit, Applejack lends the Pegasus a hoof and helps pull her the rest of the way up. There we go, whew! Applejack huffs while she wipes away from sweat from her forehead. Alright, let's see. Which apple's just right for us? Strawberry pants as well, but just waits for Applejack to pick out the best one. Here we are! The farm mare joyfully voices, and she then picks the fruit with just one hoof. After it's detached and yanked away from the thick stem it once hung from, it makes an audibly beautiful popping sound. Not even Strawberry Sunrise dares to deny its ripeness. It has a smooth surface and a perfectly red and shiny colouring to it. Just to be on the safe side, you want me to take the first bite, right? Strawberry just breathes for a few seconds, and then she nods. She watches closely while Applejack firmly sinks her teeth into the very edges. And all that's heard afterwards are Applejack's moans and giddy laughs of enjoyment. Mmm, is it that good? Strawberry asks. Applejack neglects to answer the mare sitting closely next to her. She instead keeps on chewing contentedly and starts cutting into the apple with a small butter knife. Here you go, she tells Strawberry Sunrise while she generously hoofs her a yummy looking slice. You tell me. The clueless earth pony then averts her attention back to the apple and begins cutting away once more. Upon returning her attention to her companion, 
Applejack receives a thorough surprise. It's not all that bad now, is it, Strawbet? A sweet and succulent end of Strawberry Sunrise's very own slice of the apple is gracefully inserted into Applejack's opened maw. And at the other end, Applejack initially expects to see Strawberry's hoof. However, that's not what's there at all. Instead, it's her cute, light yellow muzzle, and she's smiling bleakly and lightly blushing. Strawberry's harlequin green eyes stare angelically back into Applejack's too, and for a moment Applejack is paralyzed by her understandably modest though unexpected urges. Strawberry forwardly takes more of the apple into her cheeks and allows their lips to meet quite casually, but it's also very, very brief. Applejack clamps down softly and nervously breaks off her half and begins to nibble rather timidly. Strawberry is still directly in front of her and she's smiling back at Applejack passionately and is watching the whole time. She begins breathing steadily and looks down at Applejack's nose for only a second. She then swiftly looks up and back into Applejack's dilated eyes only to tell her, you're right. This apple really does taste incredible. Since she's still a little bit shaken by the way Strawberry has decided to forgive her, Applejack fails to respond right away, so Strawberry just keeps on openly flirting with her. Can I have some more? She finally coughs and holds a hoof up to her mouth and looks away while trying to speak coherently. You just... with me. I've never... but I thought you... on the lips? Strawberry just laughs. But she then calmly asks Applejack, You didn't like it then? Applejack goes silent, and her hoof lowers itself back down as well. Save for the birds, nothing else can be heard from where they are. So she says more calmly, Well, I didn't say that. You're actually, uh, a good, um, that is to say, giggling even more, Strawberry says innocently, if you'd like to keep going, Applejack, she flutters her eyes alluringly before saying, I sure wouldn't mind kissing you again. You've got to admit, that sure was fun. And if it makes you feel any better, I wasn't lying in the slightest when I said that your apples actually really tasted great. It wasn't anything like the ones I've ever had as a filly. Again, there's a calming silence in the air, but Strawberry simply waits patiently. I suppose. You suppose? Applejack glances at the Pegasus. I suppose I wouldn't mind one bit making out with you just a few more times. Her face turns red as a tomato while she speaks, but Strawberry doesn't mind this at all. To her, this only helps in making the farm pony appear that much more attractive and adorable. At first, for a second, Applejack attempts to hide her face with her hat, but Strawberry stops her with a hoof. She brings her face closer towards Applejack's and tells her, I'm glad because I was worried that I had overstepped my bounds, you know. This time, while Strawberry's eyes are closed, it's Applejack's turn to sneak in a kiss of her own. Mmm. Nah, but I gotta say, I've never met some pony that's quite so boldly assertive. That's why, uh, she just starts blushing again and then says, I'm just not used to all this marshy stuff. 
Strawberry just laughs some more and then holds onto Applejack tightly to say, You might want to get used to it then, because I have a feeling there's plenty more mushy stuff on the way. Applejack asks, Yeah? Like what, Straw? The amorous Pegasus isn't shy with her advancements. Another kiss meets Applejack's quivering lips, and she's gently laid down on her back atop the wide and thick, though soft bark. Strawberry leans down carefully, and while their bellies touch every so often, so do their lips, and Applejack is taken to cloud nine. Everything becomes a romantic blur, the more and more Applejack feels Strawberry's muzzle against her own and eventually their tongues force open the blocked passageways simultaneously to get at each other too. Thanks to those two ponies, there aren't just sounds of birds frequently chirping high up within the sky anymore. Applejack and Strawberry create sharp and luxurious commotions of their own. They giggle together for a spell before hastily getting back into the action. Another smooch occurs following their laughs, and Strawberry then relaxes a little more to say, I've never, um, been with another mare either. So I'm just really, really happy to find out that you enjoyed making out with me today too. She swoons. I've never really felt like this before. Applejack lightly presses her left hoof against Strawberry's small chest and compliments. You're so beautiful. And I don't think I've ever felt this way before either. She kisses Strawberry once more before asking, If it's alright with you, do you want to keep going? Chuckling and then glancing away with embarrassment of her own, Strawberry Sunrise says merrily, Of course I do, Applejack. The two of them stay in the tree like that for a few minutes longer. And even as they start to climb down the ladder, Strawberry begs Applejack to bring her back to the forgiveness tree again sometime soon. I'm really ecstatic too that you chose to bring me here, she says while trotting along side by side with Applejack. These apples that you grow on this farm, they really are something else. An Applejack? Yeah, Straw? She kisses Applejack one last time, and she then states lovingly, And so are you. Broken Futures by Scarlet Ribbon Sweet Apple Acres Applejack had always been sure that the farm would never change, that her family would always be bucking apples. No matter where her family had lived, they always kept on with the family business of planting trees and feeding the locals. Applejack was always a hard-working pony, but she was also a proud pony, and the one thing she'd always prided herself on was the Sweet Apple Acres name. A farm that did everything by hoof to provide the best for the ponies around them, making apple pies and fritters, selling the fruit of their labours at the Ponyville market. But then the war changed everything.
Suddenly food was needed, not just at home, but at places away from home. At first, the Apple family decided to continue as they always had, bringing food to market and feeding those close to them. It wasn't long, however, before friends were pulled into the war efforts. The Crystal Empire slowly consumed everything as it ruthlessly cut down any pony that opposed their march, and the Apple family was pulled into the bloody massacre. Cousin Brayburn was the first casualty in the Battle of Appaloosa. Big Macintosh had suffered the most with his loss, and it was Big Macintosh that first had the idea. The Apple family of Sweet Apple Acres was going to join the war effort. Sweet Apple Acres was built on growing and nurturing, not destroying and killing. Big Macintosh took a step back as Applejack advanced on him. I ain't gonna let you go killing no pony, she continued. I don't care what they've done. You're an apple and you're gonna grow apples. We apples are strong, AJ, he countered. Equestria needs me on the front lines. Growing apples ain't gonna help the war effort none. He was backed into a corner now, forced to sit down and retreat further from Applejack's deathly stare. And how's being a dead pony helping gonna help us here on the farm? It's not about the farm, AJ. It's not about us either. Equestria needs us to help. If you knew what was good for you, you'd be going too. Applejack froze. He had a point. The Apple family wasn't accomplishing anything by sitting back while others went to the front lines to fight. They couldn't even help the war effort from here, not even providing food. The Apples wouldn't survive the trip to the front. She shook her head in defeat. I know, Mac. I just... She sighed, afraid of what might come next. I don't know what we'd do here on the farm without you. I'm scared. Big Macintosh stood up and held Applejack in a tender embrace. I know you are, little sis, I know. But this is what I gotta do. Can't sit here at home doing nothing. Cousin Brayburn died protecting what he loved, and I love my family. I love the farm. I can't live with myself knowing I'm sitting here without doing the right thing by you all. Applejack just nodded, a tear rolling down her cheek as she gripped Big Mac in a firm embrace. Eventually, Big Macintosh released her and turned away. Tears had streaked down his face. Now, I'm hoping you don't mind, he said, but I've got an appointment with the recruiter. He pushed Applejack away and turned towards the front door, headed off toward Ponyville. Applejack felt alone and abandoned as she watched her brother trot away out of sight. Clean down my desk At work yesterday I haven't told Caroline Don't know what to say So I get dressed up In my shirt and tie she fixes me lunch and kisses me goodbye And I drive around But I'm going nowhere Down county two lanes That lead nowhere Through endless fields of birth 
spinning my wheels and wasting gas. Her brother was gone, sure. He would get back to pack his things and head off to the front, but she couldn't stop him. The Crystal Empire would pay. Applejack wasn't sure exactly how, but she would make them pay. Determination burned away the tears in her eyes as she turned away from the door. She threw her building rage into a swift buck, slamming the front door closed and shaking the entire house. Something in the pantry rattled and Applejack heard the telltale sound of food crashing to the floor. Horse apples, she muttered under her breath. While the angry kick had vented her growing frustrations, she wasn't about to make another pony clean up a mess she'd made herself. Directing that anger inward, Applejack stormed over to the pantry to clean up her mistake. The pantry was a mess. A loaf of bread, a jar of honey, some canned dog food, and several apples were laying scattered across the floor. The jar had shattered, splattering honey across all of the lower shelves and making a huge sticky mess out of the floor. Applejack could hear Winona running, clearly attracted by the crashing sound. Winona, no! Applejack cried as the dog dove past her and into the pantry. It was too late. The pup was rolling in honey and shattered glass, somehow miraculously managing not to cut herself up. At least the honey is good for cuts. Applejack mumbled to herself as she carefully extracted the dog from the pantry. Winona had done her best to get completely covered in the honey, but Applejack sighed in realisation that she'd have to wash the dog before honey was tracked all over the house. Or would she? If she could keep the dog in the pantry, there wouldn't be the honey spread all over the house. Keeping a grip on the wayward animal, Applejack ran to the kitchen to grab Winona's bowl and a can opener and she returned to the pantry, closing the door behind her. She set the bowl down and went to work, opening one of the cans of dog food. Cans. The idea struck her like lightning. The apples didn't have to fight in a war. They could support the war effort from home. Soldiers needed food, and good fruit was a critical part of their diet. Applejack took off at a gallop. She had to stop Big Macintosh to tell him there was another way. She needed to reach the recruitment office before he did. That proved easier than she expected. When she arrived, Big Macintosh was just sitting outside the office staring at the door. He cringed and shied away as he noticed her approach. Big Macintosh, she called out. We need to talk. Yup. He stared at the dirt, waiting for Applejack to speak. When she didn't, he decided to come clean. I can't do it, AJ. I can't kill another pony. It's not, it's not for me. Even if it's for Bray, I just... Big Macintosh broke down into tears, and this time it was Applejack who embraced him. I know, Sugar Cube, I know. What are we gonna do? He asked between sobs. We're gonna grow apples and we're gonna send them to war. Big Macintosh pushed Applejack away so he could look her in the eye. What? He asked flatly. I was feeding Winona and then the idea hit me. Canned apples. They'll reach the soldiers and the soldiers can eat. We can help the war effort. Jack, that'll ruin perfectly good apples. Big Macintosh scolded her. I know Mac, but it's better than ruining a perfectly good equestria, ain't it? 
Big Macintosh and Applejack shared a long look. I suppose you're right, he conceded. I wish, I wish I knew So, Sweet Apple Acres rapidly grew into a canning conglomerate fueled by a war-torn Equestria and funded by a massive military machine of Equestrian might. It had taken them a couple of days to convince the rest of the family, but they all eventually caved, proving one thing, war really does change everything, even Sweet Apple Acres. Crazy pony, Applejack muttered as she stepped into the house. What crazy pony? Applebloom asked from the kitchen. The one that showed up early today, claiming to know you. Where'd she take you anyway? We haven't seen you for hours. Applejack stepped into the family room, slowly taking off her work clothes. Yeah, she claimed I'm one of her best friends and that we all saved Equestria from King Sombra before the war even started. Says Equestria is a better place and that some pony changed the past so it all went wrong and then something about how this timeline isn't supposed to exist and now she's trying to make things right I can't say there'd be anything wrong with that Big Macintosh commented idly looking up over the edge of a newspaper he was reading Victory at Manhattan it declared in big bold letters Really? Applejack? Don't you think that's a bit strange? Apple Bloom continued carrying a fresh apple pie to the dinner table I mean, she was an alicorn, right? If she's so special, why ain't we heard of her before? Don't know, Applejack replied, rolling her eyes. But if and she's right, I can't think of many things worse than what we've got right now. Supper's ready, Apple Bloom called upstairs as she set the pie at the table. Their father stood up from the sofa and stretched his limbs. Well, I can't imagine things are any worse than this, wherever she's from. He said as he took his place at the table. She's probably just crazy, but I wish her the best of luck. The smoke is clear. Said I'll be run through the rubble. Minds of trouble in the end. The tears on your face. Of you walking away, and the memories drop and ring like bombs in my head. And I don't know if I could have done more. And I don't know if it was my fault or yours. So I'm still fighting after the Phone in the 
midnight could start the war again Pull the trigger, press end and go Catch a plane before sunset Kneel down and say come back Say baby I was wrong, I need your heart But I don't know If I love you anymore I don't know If I loved you before So I'm still You Too Deserve Apples by Short Skirts and Explosions Here, in the core of everything she's ever cared about, the sky above is the same earth as below, and I can't imagine a more fitting place to corral her joys away. The moment my hooves touch warm, verdant grass, I see fruit fields and farmlands folding up beyond the horizons. For they are the horizons, until they are not, and ultimately wrapping around to cast a ceiling that is simply another neighbourhood's floor. I pause in my approach to the nearby ranch, tilting my muzzle up and gazing at crystalline lakes and flowing rivers that demarcate the different emerald properties from one another, except they are all one property, belonging to one pony, and yet every pony, a family overflowing everywhere all at once, branching from and back to the one tree that ever needed to be planted. It's simple, it's beautiful, elaborate and warm, but first and foremost, it is simple, like she is, like we all try to be but fail. This is not my first time here. I pray to the prairies beyond that it won't be my last, 
My approach is as lazy as ever. This is a heaven where all the chores are done and all the meals are cooked and all the pies are baked and all the sorrows are shepherded off to shadows unknown. All measure of worry is sequestered into dark patches that I cannot venture to see. In such a spacious hollow of terrestrial splendor, precisely what illuminates it all? She does. Even from a gallop away, her radiance is blinding. I follow the music of her voice, approaching the epicenter of the realm, like a blind mare wandering through an enchanted forest. Every tree hangs with crimson bounty. The path ahead of me is rich with plenty, eternally awaiting a grand, rapturous event. I can taste the fruit through my nose. Every breath, every heartbeat, delicious and pure and her song saturates her playful drawl and welcoming warbles. Better not wait too long or they won't be ripe no more. Ahead of me, in a twirl and a toss of her mane, she hooves baskets full of produce to fellow equins and sends them on their merry way. She is living gold, full of freckles and friendship. 10,000 years have dusted the depths of my mind and it's still not enough to fathom the weight of her generosity. So don't be too fastidious like y'all. Sit down and have your fill. Nothing is more delicious than the here and now. And if I do say so myself, I reckon it's all plucked as fresh as can ever be. Just fit for a princess. You can mark my words. Friends, sisters, Brothers, they all laugh and thank her for her hard work and labour. I spot droves of ponies gathering at an endless picnic table that wraps around the world and back to where I arrive at the sacred entrance to a solitary ranch. There are enough plates to feed civilization ten times over, and every juice-stained muzzle above its place is smiling, fit and full, but not nearly as much as her. Woo-wee! Boy, howdy, if I done and buy her a dinner that served right on time. She turns, her emerald eyes sweeping, bathing, then cascading all over me. A delightful rinse, without fail. Well, good afternoon, sugar cube, she says, as if it's the first time she's ever seen me. All of the mortal innocence of that fragile, precocious world, hers flows the furthest. Are you fixing to have yourself a plate of beauties? If so, kick your horseshoes off and grab a seat. She winks, freckles like comets, flashing and returning and accompanying her country hum. There's plenty for every pony. A thousand apologies, I say. I keep my smile reserved, a space beyond this warm, warm sphere that cocoons her. But I did not come here to partake. At least not in the sustenance. Poof! Sustenance! She slaps her knees and guffers. Even a heart as old as mine lifts with each squeaky chortle. Did you just fall off the train from Manhattan or something? The truth is a great deal more complicated. Wait a tip. She squints, those green pools bubbling with curiosity. There's a mighty fancy air about you, miss. Have you been around these parts before? Oh, 
I sigh, swimming. A few times. If I may be so bold, reckon you got a regal taste to your voice. I arch an eyebrow. Is that a fact? Oh! She jumps back so hard, her hat nearly falls off. Smack my brow! Miss Appaloosa! From that there pageant a few years back, you really did look pretty as a palm. What with that wreath of moonflowers you was wearing? Am I right or am I right? Another exhale. I can already feel this moment slipping. It only ever vanishes faster. I save the last flicker of warmth with a soft breath. I would say that's enough of a truth to suffice. Ain't no such thing as a sufficient truth, Miss Appaloosa. She reaches into a bottomless barrel of apples and grabs a sample. There's the way things is, no stretch to it. She rubs the fruit against her fuzzy coat, adding an extra glint to its already immaculate shine. If there happens to be a call for a hiding and shaming, well, she bequeaths me with the apple along with a motherly smile. All that needs to be done is for us to change, then there's no need for any other nonsense, you hear? I take the apple from her. The reflection on the surface has no face. I wonder who or what she sees when I arrive. If this Miss Appaloosa has nearly as much to regret about as if it all too melts away nearly as easily when her consciousness drifts through this happenstance heaven. You, more than any pony else, deserves to know the truth, I say in a dull tone. Now just what you going on about, Missy? She side chuckles. Namely the fact I look up at her. I must be soft. I don't want this place to collapse as well. I've witnessed that too much over the eons that you will be seeing far less of me for a while. Oh? Her ears curve. It's the first dip in her otherwise ecstatic countenance that I've witnessed since arriving. Duty is calling you elsewhere, darling? Quite the opposite, really, I say. My sister and I, we are retiring, for lack of a better term. Poof, please, sugar cube. The dazzle in her eyes is the same as her freckles. She hoofs another smattering of apples to even more visiting neighbours before pointing them in the direction of the equatorial picnic table. Just how can any pony retire from being a beautiful purdy cow filly? My heart falters. I almost lose my anchor, threatening to scatter this subconscious projection into a million broken pieces. Okay, now I've fully remembered what I will miss the most about this place. Such pure, unmitigated, heartfelt admiration for all that lives and tastes and works to live and taste another day. I suppose it's far too complicated to explain. I swallow a lump down my phantom throat. I can't revel in those emerald pools, not anymore, or else I might melt permanently into this place. And. It doesn't mean that I will never ever return to this domain. Ha, well that's a relief. She leans back against a tree and tilts the brim of her hat back. A friendly face like yours would sure be ashamed to be missing out on regularly. It's yet to be determined who or what will take on the labors that I have personally seen to nightly since time immemorial. 
I gaze off at the horizon that bends to become the sky, and then the sunrise, and then the sunset, and then back here. And it won't be my first sabbatical, as it were, a delicate breath. I was gone for a very, very long time before. The way I see it, she shrugs before, plucking a string of grass from the soil below and chewing it betwixt her teeth. As long as you're sure of yourself and what you're doing for other ponies, then you're right where you need to be. This is followed by a sharp wink and an even sharper smile. But you'll be missed something awful all the same. I look at her straight. It is here, in this sanctum that she's conjured, that I somehow feel the smallest. If only she knew what brought me back here. If only I could say it. It fulfills me. She corks her head curiously at that. Miss. All those years that I was gone, all the generations abandoned under the veil of abject darkness, I was not certain just what state of collective subconscious I would return to. I had pondered over the countless nightmares that had been fostered in my absence, the terrors and fears and abysmal pits that I would have to rescue so many hapless minds from. And then, on the first night of my governance, the first trot I made was to hear. Is that so? Her ears twitch, awaiting a crown, perhaps. Except she already has one. I should not be any more humbled. Was it everything you hoped for? It was, I start. It is a stumble. Warm. I gaze off, imagining a new moon, forever frozen in darkness, save for the tears, frozen, still there. Warmer than any flame of war in all the wretched world's epochs and a click of the tongue. Dull music compared to her. I realized the nightmares were only ever me. Now, that done seem quite right, Miss Appaloosa. Her face is long, soft, a new pool to drown this hollow home. And perhaps that's why it ever had a vacuum to begin with. It was in want of apple filling, delicious and wholesome in all the right places, so that there's no room left for any doubts. You'll seem like alright pony folk to me, and even if you've made a few mistakes along the way. Reckon she ain't nothing so big that can't be fixed. And so I came back. I looked at her again, the tiniest I've ever been. A little pony in her shadow, perhaps a seed to contemplate the tree she branched from, but ultimately hopeless, wanting, weaning, again and again and again. I, I could not help myself, I suppose. You have given me so much hope, merriment, and truth these past few years of night, Miss Applejack. I stand as tall as I can, which is also deliciously futile, but it no longer pains me. A portion of this upcoming retirement is to measure ourselves among mortals. My sister and I, and I can't thank a more apt teacher. I wish there was a way I could properly thank you, especially since I won't be blessed with visiting a place quite as often as I desire to. She merely shakes her smiling head. 
No need to go into all that hogwash, man. She pulls her hat off and bows. Gold touches earth, and the sky ripples with her voice. It's simply our hospitality. I smile, and what fine hospitality it is. Now, she stands back up from the tree, slaps her hat back on her head, and motions towards the barn. Since we've gotten that out of the way, why don't you join us for some good old-fashioned hold-down? Every pony from a hundred towns over have come to join the fun. Would be a shame to miss it. I'm afraid I cannot, I say. I must be departing now. Ah, well, the moment you come back to this here ranch, Miss Appaloosa, you'll be as welcome as the moon in June. I open my eyes. A marble floor stretches beyond the throne. Dim blue torches illuminate a stretch of polished granite that frames a balcony overlooking the equestrian countryside. Starlight bathes the pastures and fields in the shadow of the Cantaloupe Mountains. Somewhere a tiny speck amidst the great grey malaise of it all. A little pony dreams not of yesterday's life or tomorrow's death, but of now. The space between beats and the warmth of excitement that comes with contemplating just how right everything is when you're exactly where you need to be. I know. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash TMFF to get early access to audiobooks and to be able to request I do a reading of what you want, provided the author approves. 
Thank you to Artlist.io for providing the massive music and sound effect library that I have to work with. And most of all, thank you to the bronies who write the amazing stories that inspire me to make these. Fluttershy and Izzy are best ponies. I now have a Discord server where you can join in and chat with other fanfiction fans. If you enjoy what I do, you can donate to me on Ko-Fi. Links in the description.